Paranormal Truth and Reality with host Chris Houston. A show for those with a passion for the paranormal. And now, welcome to the show. Welcome to Paranormal Truth and Reality. I'm your host for the next hour, Christopher Houston, and I'm here with very special guests. I've got three people on the line with me today, Denise Marie, Glenn LaRocca, and Joe Rayoni. And I, Joe, I always mispronounce your name, so I apologize, but Joe and I have known us, known each other for quite a while now. Welcome, guys. How you doing? Hi. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. So... Let's just jump into it a little bit. I know I know about Joe, and I know you guys have worked together as a team on and off for quite a while. So let's talk about um, how you guys met, what you do, and uh, what you're currently doing. Uh, well, I'll start on how we met. Um, right before I got into the paranormal, um, I was watching TV, uh, and I just said, boy, i got to kind of find out if what's going on is real or not, and uh, I'm going to try and find a group to join, and I looked on Craigslist, and Glenn had an ad out there, a uh, paranormal destination looking for a videographer and investigator, Will Train, and I responded to the ad. Glenn and I had a, a phone conversation, and we met for coffee, and Jesus, I think it's what now? Oh, God. Wow. Probably <laughs> eight or nine years later. It's a while now. <laughs> So that's how that's how Glenn and I met. And and then uh, of course I'm so I'm sure Denise came into the mix somewhere along the line. So <laughs> our story is pretty funny actually. Um, my last name is Laraca, as well. Um, and I have a group on Facebook called um, Communicating with Spirit because I'm a medium. So I have a group and my Glenn join the group and when I saw his last name I was like hey I'm like my last name is LaRocca but it's not out there to the public it's just Denise Marie on Facebook so I was like my last name is LaRocca turns out we're cousins <laughs> <laughs> that's it. after that all we became cousins yep yep it's, it's great I mean, we're not really sure if there's an actual bloodline there but our families look very similar like his his parents look very similar to my grandparents, so I'm sure there's some kind of connection. Hmm. We just tell well, everybody we're cousins anyway, because we are. It's a yeah, but destiny, it's a so to speak. <laughs> so then you guys went out on the road. You started investigating, obviously, and uh, you trained Joe there to be a camera guy. Which, by the way, everybody and listeners, uh, I know is a very good camera guy. We've had many, many conversations. I've seen a lot of his pieces. He does a lot of hard work at it. So, uh, so you guys went out and started to investigate a lot of these locations. I'm sure you probably took him to locations at first that uh, that you've been to multiple times, because that's usually how teams work. Um, do you do residential cases as well as um, commercial locations? Yes, yes, we do. It's not always a prize to do it, though. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, but... when we get into a pl- when we get into a place, they seem to think we're we're, we're on display and we, we're doing a play. So basically, a lot of these these home investigations are kind of like a waste of time. Not all of them, but kind of. Yeah, residential so that, cases that... are tricky. 
They they are because yeah. a lot of people expect it to be just like the TV shows. <laughs> well, and and yeah. and that's the thing when 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 the the I know it's slowly coming back around with the TV shows, but when before that wave had crested, and the shows were really popular, and, and Ghost Hunters was still uh, on the air, not in syndication, but still on the air, um, <clears throat> people were more receptive to having their home investigated. You know, whether whether they thought it was haunted or not, it seemed. And um, there was there was a lot of times we got called in, and we 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 were the entertainment for the night. You know, they had their neighbors over. They were ordering pizza. It was crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here come the ghost hunters. You know, we come through the door. I think we're gonna have an, you know, like a legit investigation, and we're, you know, we're kind of just like performing for them, and you know, kind of kind of like a disaster. Yeah. I wish I could oh, relate with that, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, we we've had some. Cra- I mean, we we you know, unbeknownst to us, uh, we we did a two family once, and you know, we thought it was a single residence, Ooh. and um, there were there were you know two sides to it, and the the two occupants were in a debate over whose side was more haunted. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, we neither side was haunted. <laughs> we just wanted to get out of there quick. Oh, we could. I, I, Chris, I'm telling you, I didn't even take my equipment out. And Glenn's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm, I'm just not taking my equipment out." <laughs> but the funny thing is, when the pizza came through the door, then we knew that we were in for like the, some sort of display would be coming. I think, yeah, I would probably walk away the moment they started bringing pizza in. It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, um, I know I walked away from residential cases, gosh, it's been almost 11 years now since I've actually investigated a a residence. I get a lot of requests for it, Um, but uh, it's a different ballgame. You either end up with something that's that can be serious and there's a lot of other situations that mix into that from the psychological to doing background checks and making sure everything's legitimate to uh um you know well you guys know i'm sure a lot of people just simply they seem to think that every single time when they're in the house their house is haunted but most of the time it's not (laughs) correct correct And, and and you touched on something um there's a lot of mental illness out there, you know, and unfortunately we've we've come across that. Uh, Just about everything. We've even come across a, a, a girl who had said her place was haunted, then asked to join the group. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was like they sucked us in. She sucked us in to the to the home. I remember that place in Lowell. Yeah, I do. And then, <laughs> and then. Asked, hey, do you need uh, another person to ghost hunt with? I mean, you get all kinds, Chris. All kinds. Yeah, we're 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 definitely like really selective now on if we would do something residential. Um, we 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 vet them out pretty thoroughly, and you know, we we unfortunately we have to turn a lot of cases down that just you know we we'll get that feeling like I don't I don't you know I don't know if this is quite legit or not and we just have to pass on it you know so we've we've been focusing on um you know doing like more of the uh hot spots the known um 
haunted locations, you know, like uh, I, I went out to OSR with you guys and Waverly, stuff like that. So um, that so that's like we were talking earlier. So that's like Glenn and I were en route to uh, St. Albums down in Virginia. So we're, we're hoping to get there uh, Saturday night and investigate. But we had a whole lot of stuff during the winter, spring that we've gone to also. Hawthorne Hotel in, in uh, Salem. The SK Pierce in Gardner, Mass. Then we were at the Murdoch Whitney. Yep. Uh, where yeah. is that? Winchington. Winchington. And then we were at uh, Wilson Castle in Vermont. We just got back about two or three weeks ago from Rolling Hills. And now we're heading to um, St. Albans. And last year, during the end of the year, we were at Gettysburg. So we were all over the place. Yeah, I'm scheduled to be at Gettysburg for the Gettysburg Bash at the end of July. I'm looking Ooh. forward to it. This is the first time I've actually been able to go to Gettysburg and, oh. and dive into the paranormal. You're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. Yeah, Trust you're going to love it. Chris. You're going to love it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I did, I've done the tours. I've been back and forth to Gettysburg for many, many years because I love the history, but uh, it'll be fascinating to be able to – kind of jump into a few investigations and of course you always have fun hanging out with old friends because the Gettysburg Bash has always got people you only talk to if you're lucky once a year <laughs> right yep yep I was down um I, I was there last year at the tail end of it um and uh it was it was it was pretty fun I actually had to do Penhurst or we were gonna stay but we actually had to do Penhurst uh for the uh Penhurst Paracon so we didn't get a chance to stay in Gettysburg as long as we wanted. But like Glenn mentioned, we went back down in November, and um, we had quite a remarkable uh, experience down there. And actually, Denise was supposed to come, but she couldn't make it, unfortunately. Sorry. Right, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cuz. Yeah, it, 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 it's because Denise is from New Jersey, and you know we're up in Boston, so it's it's tough to get all of us on the same page, but um, we did manage to knock out quite a few places. Um, Denise was able to accompany us to the SKPS. Uh, she also made it out for the um, Murdoch Whitney and the Isaac Morse. So um, you we know, had a great time. We though. had a we had a blast. Yeah, that was That's, awesome. That was sounds so like it's a, an interesting. Uh, an interesting bunch of investigations. You know, Joe, you actually brought up something very important uh, when dealing with residential cases and, and, well, even public cases these days. The old days was a lot different. Um, I hate to say that, but being in it for almost 23 years myself, I came from the scientific end, and uh, I, I really don't see that that often out there. When we were doing residential cases, we had a whole step-by-step -step process. The first step was to come in and do the interviews, which is what I did, um, so that you could assess the situation. Then you took in all the information, took in any medical information and so forth, so you could make sure that you were in the right residence because you ran into all kinds, like you said. And then the, the week of the investigation, usually we told people – because people were more open. We'd tell people, look, this is not a one-night thing. We're not going to come in for six or eight hours. We're going to leave and tell you your house is haunted. If we pick up activity, we may very well be here for months. So if you have a serious situation going on, you can expect that you're going to be sharing your home, and you may not even want to stay here at night 
if you're comfortable with that. We may ask you to, but we're going to have all kinds of equipment in here. We're going to be setting up cameras in every room. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. It doesn't really seem like that happens much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I we still that. have <laughs> some clients that we've dealt with that we have an open invite to go back. And we have visited, you know, them throughout the years. And uh, when you build a rapport with somebody like that and when, you know, the house has, like, legit activity, it, it, it is kind of special, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's because you're helping them through that process. And I think that's what a lot of young young investigators don't understand and why they stick to res- not non-residential cases a lot of times because uh, you're, you're really kind of guiding them to how to deal with this situation. And it, it can be different every single time. It's not a a run in and run out like we see on TV and like you do at a lot of the major locations. And don't get me wrong, major locations are fun. I go to commercial locations all the time. But uh, it's a totally different atmosphere because you have to consider the people, their emotions, what they're dealing with, how they need to get through it. <laughs> it's a, uh, no, it's – it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, and, and, and I don't think people take it seriously seriously enough because for everything you just mentioned, there's a lot of responsibility because you're there to, to help a person, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can actually cause more grief than what's actually transpiring there, you know? Uh-huh. Um, that's why, you know, we've had a discussion where we're really going to back off from residential as best we can, you know, and we definitely vet stuff through a lot better than we did. Well, it's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing, and it, uh, um, it's – I hate to say this because you are helping people in residential cases, and there is that feeling that you really get from helping people. But commercial locations, you can really just kind of dive in. You don't have to worry about the stress of dealing with the family and all the other issues that can happen or seriously irritating a situation that wasn't intended to be that way because one of your team members you may have invited along did the wrong thing. Now they're having more problems. You can pretty much just go straight in, get to work, have some fun with it, and uh, even test a few things sometimes, You know, do something different. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I call that pay to play, and I have no yeah. problem with it. Yeah, well, you're right. It is pay to play. I mean, none of these places will let you in for free. Well, unless you're a very well-known TV show, then you might get lucky. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, So um, you guys have had the chance to hang out with uh, some fairly well-known people, too. I think – I think you, Joe, you've done some work with Nick Groff while he was at a location with you, and several other people. So you've you've been uh, you've been around and kind of done your done your numbers lately, to my understanding. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm you know we're up in New England, and Nick is originally from New England. He's originally from New Hampshire. Um, you know, the 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 the, the Ghost Hunter crew. They're from Rhode Island, which is a stone's throw from where we're at. So you know. You do bump into these people, you know. Sherry, Sherry D. Benedetti, I'm very, very <laughs> good friends with. Um, we've helped her out on a couple of home cases recently, because she gets, you know, she gets called, um, you know, because people know the name and and they're like, oh, you know, we'll give Sherry a call, maybe she can help us. But Sherry really doesn't have a team, so 
so she actually kind of relies on um, myself and Glenn to help her. You know, uh, we we can pull a team together pretty quick, and we've actually helped her on a few home cases just uh, just recently, actually. But um, there's, there's definitely, um, for, for whatever reason, New England has a lot of famous people, I guess, for lack of a better term, in in, uh, in the paranormal. Well. When you're good at what you do and you get along with everybody, that's the thing I think people don't understand about stars. They have a lot of passion. They really do like to enjoy what they're doing. Yes, they've been on TV before, but they're all good people. In fact, I haven't met one yet that uh, I didn't get along with. (laughs) Um, Although I'm sure there's a few out there I'll meet somewhere along the line. That's the way the whole world works. But – you know, you, you, when you're close to all of that in the first place, you, you're bound to run into them from time to time. It's like me here – being here in the uh, southern states, I don't know how many times I've ran across Tennessee Wraith Chasers and Doogie and everybody and, you know, the people from the right, south right. that you've seen on TV, Deep South Paranormal. I've talked to them many, many times. So it, it's one of those things that, you know, when you're out and about, you just run into these guys, whether it's on an investigation planned or whether they just happen to be in the same town and all of a sudden you're together. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. And as a matter of fact, speaking of the Wraith Chasers, um, Porter is actually dating a girl from Bridgewater, Massachusetts, Stephanie Burke, who I've uh, had the pleasure to meet and bump into uh, investigating. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I'll kind of comes back around full circle to new england i'm not exactly sure why <laughs> well there's a lot of history in new england a lot of a lot of um haunted history a lot of uh a lot of situations that happened in the area so plus it's a beautiful yeah. place Salem's big too <laughs> yeah true true and that whole area has got history all around it so it doesn't surprise me that uh you know everybody wants to spend some time in it so to speak <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got we got to get you up here, Chris. We we talked about it. Oh, I would absolutely love it. I would absolutely love it. I know this summer I'm planning to loosen up a little bit, and then next year I'm going to be all over the United States of America. I've been working so long in the uh, medical field, and don't get me wrong. I love the medical field. I love my day job in marketing and business. I've been doing it for almost 40 years, but uh, – you know, it's, it's time to kind of retire from all of that and kind of back down. So I've been closing off a lot of, can- of things, selling off some stocks, and just kind of really diving into being able to go out and enjoy myself in the paranormal world here in the next two years. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot up here, and, and you know, we, we we like to get Denise up here as as, as often as we can. And I, I actually think Denise has been to Salem more times than me, and I'm within driving distance of Salem. Denise, how many times have you been up to Salem, Mass? 26 times. (laughs) (laughs) I think I like it. (laughs) You think? I know you like it. You know, I got to be honest. I think that... I think that in one of my past lives, I might have been one of the witches or something because I'm so drawn there. And I'm not a witch. Like, I don't practice witchcraft or wicca or anything. But I think I have something to do with Salem in one of my past lives because I'm so drawn to even, like, the cobblestone there. Like, there's just something about I just have to be there. Like, if I if I don't go, in like, one year, I'm like, the next year, I'm like, I feel like a pulling in my solar plexus. Like I have to go. 
Well, there's a lot of uh, – when, when you're dealing with a lot of history, especially, for instance, Salem that has a lot of history and a lot of beauty and <laughs> all of that kind of soaks into everything all the way down to, like you're saying, the cobblestone and so forth. So if you're sensitive in yourself as a medium, that in, in itself, you could you could be drawn right to it. And if you have any connection beyond that, it doesn't surprise me that you want to go back a lot. <laughs> Exactly. I wish I could have been there for the investigation at the Hawthorne Hotel with these guys. I was so upset that I couldn't be there because that, that's, that's been like a dream of mine, you know what I mean? So I, I was so upset that I couldn't be there, but I watched the whole thing on Facebook Live. But you so. were there. Well, I was there. In- I was live. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> when I was live on Facebook, I had Denise on there with me. Yeah. That's the... <laughs> The magic of the internet, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that does make it a lot easier these days because you don't have to, uh, um, you don't have to spend all the time putting together video evidence and then presenting it to a television show or taking it to a film festival because you put together a documentary. Nowadays, you can just have a little bit of fun and do what you do and just slap it on Facebook and a half a dozen other live situations if you have a good phone, and uh, everybody can interact and you don't really have to worry about it. absolutely unfortunately it has also caused a few downfalls that most of us don't talk about and I won't get into that here today but (laughs) but social media is kind of a double edged sword (laughs) absolutely double edged sword but hey whatever (laughs) it happens that's uh, the advice that uh, most of us end up at if we've been in it, in, it, in it and at it for a long time. We know how all these things come and go. It's the thing that I always tell people, the new people. And, and Joe, I think you've actually heard me give the advice to some new people when you were up here the last time at uh, my partner Joel's house. Um, because, uh, you know, so many people get in this in the first two years and they get slammed down by social media. And you just got to kind of take that attitude. It's like, eh, I don't really give a crap what they got to say, whatever. <laughs> it's just going to yeah, go away. Well, I mean, you know, it it, it it all boils down to what what you're in it for, you know. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people are in it for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. I think they're in it, uh, you know, to, to to make money. And uh, I mean, God bless them if you can. But I mean, this hobby, you know, has only cost me money. You know, and and I'm okay with it because I know, you know, this is what I want to do. But um, <clears throat> I like to think that we're all in it for the right reasons, you know. Well, and it it, it is a it is a a passion that, and I'll honestly tell you, listeners, and even though I've I've managed to get a few grants throughout the years and worked with universities, when I've done all of this on my own. I have not got a payback for it at all. You have to be prepared to understand that you're going to spend a lot of money and you're probably not going to make a dime back off of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I'll, I mean, I, I've done a few lectures locally at, at like various libraries and um, I actually did um, Nichols College last fall um, and just, you know, tell people, you know, if you, you, you want to get in, into this, you know, um, don't, don't get into it for the wrong reasons, you know, get into it because you, you either want to help 
a pr- people or or you have a passion for it because if you get into it thinking you're going to get you're going to be like the next uh Zach Baggins or whatever like it, it's probably not going to happen you know yeah it's uh, I can almost guarantee odds are it's not going to happen only exactly. a handful of people ever get a TV show and even when you do that you're probably going to fail in the first year or two of that show in most cases and then you're never heard from again Every now and then they make it a little bit further because, you know, all of them are good people. But it's a it's a rough industry if you actually think you're going to get into it. You're going to make a show and you're going to make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you you just see, you know, the the people on Facebook. You know, like whenever the um, production companies are fishing for something, you know, they're either fishing for cases or they're fishing for ideas, and they'll contact. You know, if you got a website, they'll contact you, and 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 then you know, and then you see like people post on Facebook. Oh, I was contacted by company A, B, and C, and oh my God, I think <laughs> you know this is it for me. And you know, it's like, all right, <laughs> best of luck to you, but they're really just plucking you for some ideas, you exactly. know. Yeah. And the the ones that drive me the most crazy are the ones that like um, you know want us to divulge our um, you know. Our, our our clients and 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 they they want you know personal information and and I'm just like look at we have a non-disclosure agreement I'm like I'm I'm not gonna discuss any cases with any of you you know and um, yeah so that they can fish and get the people and then they can get their story and put their story on and <laughs> exactly, exactly 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 we get them all the time all the time. And I don't even. I mean, like that's that's private information as far as as far as I'm concerned, you know. Well, the funny thing is that the other thing, funny thing is, and I learned this uh, when they started reaching out to me for a lot of things is um, uh, what other people don't don't realize is you can end up on television multiple times and it all still be out of your pocket. Um. Hey, you know, we want to tell your story. That's great. You got to drive to them. They usually don't come to you, although I did get offered on one to come to me. I still didn't take them into my home because I'm not comfortable with the film crew in my house. Um, So you got to go to them or you got to set it up, and then they film you. And not once in all of that do you actually get paid for a – excuse my terms, listeners – a damn bit of it. And then you get a call back a couple of months later because, hey, that did well. Uh, You want to do a few segments? Sure, why not? And this whole time, they're getting you volunteered for free. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, you know what really scares me, Chris, um, is uh, like, a, a, like back in the day, um, a, a buddy of mine actually got pulled in to do uh, one of the Ghost Hunters uh, episodes early, early, early on, and um, they took whatever he said and just made it fit their uh, show. He was, you know, they were asking him a question about something. He gave an answer, and through the magic of editing, they took his answer to fit their agenda. And he, I'll never forget how mad he was, you know, and there's nothing he could do about it. There's nothing he could do about it, you know. So that always kind of, that always kind of scared me too. Like, if I was ever to do something like that, you know, I've done a little bit of editing, you know, I, I, I can turn the nicest person into a jerk <laughs> oh, <absolutely>. real quick. <laughs> and that, that always kind of, 
Yeah, that always kind of um, stuck with me when he told me that, and so I a little, I'd, I'd always, I'd always be a little leery of something like that, you know. I've seen it a thousand times. I've worked behind the scenes with many, many people that have been on reality TV shows, and uh, most of them not ghost hunting shows, believe it or not. A lot of my situations are on other reality TV shows, and I know several of the actors from those shows. And yes, audience, I will call them actors, even though they're real people. It's still There's still a little bit of uh, manipulation to that. Um, and I have seen some crazy stuff when you see the real truths of the drama behind a few of these shows, and I won't give the names because I'm not allowed to, and then you see what they put it on once they air it on major stations, you're going, my God, he didn't even say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, and people don't realize it, you know? I mean, I know I know, just, just being a fan of watching the shows myself, like I, I wouldn't realize that, you know, somebody's answering um, a question that was asked two hours ago, you know what I mean? And they just cut it and slice it and, and put it oh, where yeah. they need it to, yep. you know, with, like it, it fits their, they're going to do it to fit their agenda, not yours. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, uh, which I learned on the last show that uh, they tell me is already aired in some states. I don't know. I, I don't even pay attention to it. I just did it for the heck of it. I wanted to say, okay, I did it once. But um, what I learned from what I signed afterwards um, they have the right to do that. I mean, they do. I, they totally have the right to do it. You have no I physically recourse. walked out of the interview at one point because they kept coming back going, I think it would be better if you said this. I think it would be better if you said this. Could you say that? And at the beginning, it was like, okay, that's fine. It relates a little bit. I'll say that. But at the end, they were twisting things around. And I finally got up and told them, hey, guys, I'm done with this, okay? You're obviously yeah. trying to put words in my mouth. I don't want to do it anymore. You, you've got what you need. I'm out. Um, and uh, they still kind of, to my understanding from what I'm being told, twisted all of that around. So I'm not looking forward to seeing it wow. once it airs in the central United States area. <laughs> totally. Wow. That's yeah. too bad. Well, it happens. You know, that's TV. That's media. I know it. I've been in marketing for many, many years. I probably should have expected it. I tell everybody if when they watch it, it's not the whole story. So if you really want to hear the whole story, wait for the book to come out or just call me on the phone and I'll tell you the whole thing. Um, but uh, I don't think a lot of people on TV that watch TV know that. You know, the stars yeah, know that. that. Yeah, but isn't that slander at that point? Not really. As long as they don't fake your words they can't really slander you you when you get into a lot of these for instance reality tv outside of ghost hunter so listeners know when you sign to be on a reality tv show contest or otherwise you actually sign a contract that states that what you do is all going to be used for a particular purpose and they can utilize that purpose for whatever they feel like and they give you a clause at the back of it that says that you cannot come back and sue them or, or come back in any way intentionally and hurt them. They understand that sometimes good people need to be made out bad ways. Um, the first time that happened was MTV with Puck a long time ago. Um, they made him out to be a terrible person, and a lot of what they did when they edited things was not exactly what he did when he was in the real world. They just took bits and pieces and kind of put them all together to make him look like he was the bad guy. So for the rest of his life, he was the bad guy everywhere everybody went. <laughs> right, wow. right. 
It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, oh, I'm not shocked in the least. Not so listeners, I'm going to take a brief pause here. You're listening to BBS Radio, just so that you know, BBS Radio is one of the largest digital radio stations on the internet, second largest actually, just so that you know, and they do actually air, to my understanding, or are going to be airing on the first largest. So if you're looking for a podcast or radio show, I do encourage you to go with Donald and his brother. They're wonderful people. They've been taking great care of me for many, many years. I want to give out a personal apology to... Um, Old South Pittsburgh Hospital and, of course, um, the Paranormal Con um, in Tennessee. I was meant – I was scheduled for actually both of those this weekend. Unfortunately, I had a home affair that we had to take care of that's a few medical issues. Now, everybody's doing fine just so that the listeners know. I won't get into detail on that, but uh, I do apologize, guys, that I wasn't there. Keith, I was really looking forward to actually going out to uh, your conference. And Jack, if you're listening, and I highly doubt you are because you're probably prepping by now, I was actually looking forward to getting together with you again and talking a little bit at Old South there, and it would have been my first investigation, so hopefully we team up a little bit later. In later news, as you heard, the Gettysburg Bash is coming up in July. We will be doing a live presentation in a cemetery in Middletown, Ohio on the weekend of the 20th as well. There's a history between the cemetery, Posttown Elementary School, and a lot of other things that we've been putting together for the past year and a half. I do encourage you guys to look into that. And you are actually listening to Denise, Glenn, and Joe talking a little bit about everything, actually. And we're just going to jump back into that, guys. Let's get into your investigations a little bit. I know everybody has unique techniques, unique ways, and so forth. So, obviously, we have a camera guy here. Uh, Glenn, I'm not sure what your position is with the team, but I'm sure you'll be able to explain that. And, Denise, it sounds like you're the medium. So, let's talk about how you guys operate when you're out on an investigation. Yay. Denise, why don't you start? (laughs) Okay, I'll start. (laughs) All right. Um... Well, they usually, uh, Glenn and Joe always invite me, or, you know, often invite me. And um, it's so funny because they never, ever tell me anything prior to me arriving at the place that they're investigating because they know that I work better knowing nothing. Um, so, you know what, we arrive at the SK Pierce Mansion, and all I had was the address and my GPS from New Jersey. And the whole three and a half hour ride, I had no idea where we were going or what we were getting into. And I met them there and then I did the investigation with them. They were in one part of the house. I was in another part of the house. And um, for three solid hours, I was just pulling spirits in. And the woman who was, uh, she kind of does the tours for the place. She was with us. Um, and we had a video guy too. And she was validating everything that I was bringing in. And, and validating it for me. And I was like, oh, great, because I knew nothing about the place. And then when we leave and I, I go stay at a hotel, um, I looked up SK Pierce Mansion, and it's the second most haunted place in Massachusetts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so fun, so fun. We, we, we did everything short but blindfold her. <laughs> <laughs> But but uh, so 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 Marion Loomer is actually the uh, the caretaker for uh, the SK Pierce, and um, you know uh, I, I've been friends with with Marion for a few years now, and um, you know so she 
like she trusts me enough that I can just kind of roam around, you know, roam around the place. Um, but she took a, a, a genuine uh, liking to Denise, and she kind of uh, tagged along with Denise that particular investigation, and um, she was validating everything Denise was feeling to the. And, and don't get me wrong, the, a lot of mediums go in that place, you know, and. Not not all of them knock it out of the park, you know. Um, and and Denise, you know, to even quote Marion, like she just was spot on the whole night. So that that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, Marion was very impressed with her. Oh, blushing. <laughs> she was. Well, you know, you you actually know that you have a gifted medium, and I'm I'm a skeptic a lot of times, Denise. I, I I'm honest about that. However, in the past six or seven years, outside of scientific testing, which scientific testing is a little bit different when you're dealing with mediums, and a lot of them are very cautious on it. Even though I did see some unique results, I've had the great privilege of meeting with a handful of mediums, and I got to tell you, um. I've kind of went from that skeptical disbeliever to a believer because of what they have done. Um, and a lot of it is the same way as you. A lot of times you don't know a lot about the situation. You don't want to know about the situation. You come in, and then you're picking up on a specific thing. Um, I've even had mediums now picking up on uh, my particular illnesses at the time. One time I had an ulcer. I didn't. I knew I had the ulcer. Nobody else knew I had the ulcer. I had to do the investigation, and here she walks up to me, and she says, you have an ulcer in your stomach. You may not know it, but you should get it taken care of, and you're going, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. I love that, but you know what? It's okay to be a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical too. I don't believe everything that that I hear. Um, like I'm not really into fairies or, or, you know, um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, so I, you know, some people will be like, oh, you have fairy energies around you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, um, the thing is, is that I only, I work better when I know nothing because I'm skeptical sometimes of myself because we can get into our own heads and, if I know nothing going in, if somebody comes to me and I only know their first name and what time they're coming to me and they sit down in front of me, I know that all the information I'm getting is from their spirit, from, from their loved ones' spirit, because I know nothing about this person. And that's when I can trust what I'm seeing, feeling, hearing, etc. So I totally get the whole skepticism thing. And that's, that's okay. It's okay. Well, I came from the scientific community originally, so that's where the skepticism has came in. But I got to tell you, the deeper you dive in, into it, if you're if you're a scientific person, the more you run into situations that reduces the skepticism because it ends up in the f if I know file. <laughs> right, uh, right, 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 right. And so, uh, so and it becomes a unique experience. So that that's. That was, you know, that's Denise's role. Um, y- me, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, camera guy, public public relations guy. Um, Glenn actually has been in to it as long as you have, Chris. Glenn, when did you start? Uh, 1977. Wow. I start. Yeah, I know, I know. Please let. Once again, I've always said this before. I'm going to say it again. Let's not do the math. 
<laughs> it shows how old I am. But, no, I started in 77 with my cousin. We used to go to abandoned buildings. We, you know, we as kids in the beginning. Actually, if you want to go further, as kids, we started in 1975. Okay? And we used to just tease, go around, you know, hey, we're going to provoke the ghost and do all this crap. And we did. Until one day it hit us right back in the face and we just got, took it serious after that. So we've been, I've been doing this for quite some time. And um, a lot of experience on it. Lot, I mean, a lot of cuts, a lot of scratches and pulls and pushes. I think the first time I got pushed, I kind of like really got frightened. I didn't know. I mean, now it, if it happens, I'm used to it. But be, when when you don't know what what you're dealing with, oh man, you become really frightened over the whole thing. So Absolutely. I started really in 1977. Well, you got to see the rise and the fall of the paranormal, is what I like to call it. Uh, I'm still waiting for my books to get approved because I have a lot of pictures, images, and stories in it that you got to. It's a lot of legalities when you're writing, ladies and gentlemen. If you actually try it and you want to do something in real history, make sure that you go through the loopholes because the loopholes are what's holding me up. I have all the photographs, the books are finished, and so forth. We're just waiting for the approvals on some of these because some of it is public knowledge and you can use it. Other things you have to go back to the individual families and the individual places and get permission from them, and then they want to cut of the book, and it's a big headache. But long story short, you um, you got to see the rise and fall of what most people didn't. I, I came in – my first experiences were in the early 80s. I started in 1981, 82, and 83 after having a haunted experience in my own home and going well, out on a search. When I- not far from when I started. You you were actually were just about almost the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a unique it was a unique time back then. It was it was different. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the equipment we used to use? I used to use as an EMF detector a um, compass. Yep. yep. It would spin around to if you had uh, any kind of um, uh, hot spots going on. I used to use a reel to reel tape. You remember that, right? Real to real, actually, yeah, absolutely. My very first yeah. um, recorder was a solid reel to reel, a large one too. It was very heavy, by the yes. way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> around that with you, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and then when you were actually doing electronic signatures and stuff like that, you'd bring in large, large things that most people don't know about. When some of the team members that I used to work with would bring in things, they were bringing in oscilloscopes and all kinds of other stuff and setting it up on tables. And that was very complicated. <laughs> another, another trick I used to use, uh, Chris, is I used to get a radio, and I would kind of scan it myself by hand. Uh-huh. You know, how you used to twist. I would do it by hand just to see if it would work. And I did catch a very, very few doing it that way. Yeah, the uh, the old dial knobs where you dial them back. And yes, forth. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yep, we gotta, yep, we I, have to talk later on. We're going to have to talk later on. we got a lot to talk about, trust <laughs> me. You, know, you yeah. know a lot of the equipment. Yeah, the good old days of the paranormal, and those were the fun days for me, actually. When we got into all the technology and all the REM pods and all the other stuff, being from an audio and video background, sometimes I kind of shake my head at them. They're fun to play with, but sometimes I kind of just right. shake my head at it. <laughs> right, no, I, I agree, I agree. 
But the most important equipment I've always said was your three things. You need audio, video, and your digital camera. Those are the most important things you can record off of. Well, and uh, the cameras are important, but not for what a lot of people use them for today. A lot of times we use them to film ourselves, um, and I've seen I'm that a thousand about, times. Now, um, what do you mean, video cameras? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I just – I'll put them on a, um, a tripod and just let them film out some, and just see – hopefully I catch something. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's I, I don't thinking. I, <laughs> right. I, I don't think filming yourself is, uh, you know – Unless I'm uh, some sort of a TV star, and I know I know I'm not, um, I don't think that's going to work. I, it doesn't. That's what I try to tell people all the time. I'm I'm the guy that let's sit a cam cameras at different angles in each room. Um, you know, if I bring in digital recorders or recorders, let's set recorders in each room. Let's try to develop as much data as possible to find out what's going on here. The fact of the matter is, if I've got a camera pointing at me and a camera guy pointing behind me, I'm really not going to get anything <laughs> exactly i agree 100 percent. i don't like being on on camera i'd rather be just filming because when i do an investigation as a lead investigator i take my camera with me and i just point in front of what's in me you know um that's the way i operate or i'll just put it on a, a tripod and just let it film and then go over the evidence afterwards well, that's actually a lot more useful when you're doing physical investigation. I mean I've carried around the cameras for other people. I filmed for a lot of other people, and I enjoy filming. I think it's fun. Um, but uh, if you're really diving into an investigation, the goal is to catch the evidence. And the best way to catch the evidence is just to let the cameras roll. <laughs> and and we, are uh, uh, we already said that Joe is a very good cameraman. He does very good work. He does excellent work. Uh, well, in you. fact, I've had the privilege of seeing some of your work that you've sent over to me from time to time. And i got to say, I love your new camera, by the way. I think it's got a fascinating yeah. uh, fascinating image. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's pretty crazy. <laughs> You're talking about the one the, that – The Psionic Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, when, when he showed me in Gettysburg – now, if you haven't – you've not been to Gettysburg, right, at nighttime? And not been to Gettysburg at nighttime. Pitch dark, you can't see two feet in front of you, honest to God. It is pitch dark. When he pulled that out, I couldn't believe how clear that was. Absolutely clear, I'm serious. Yeah, the, the, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a mode called uh, Color Night, and um, it, it's just amazing, the technology that's in, in that little camera. Um, no matter who I show it to, Chris, they're, they're, they're blown away by it, you know? That's and that amazing. was, he showed me we were in Devil's Den, too. I actually wish I would have found that one before I went out and got my 33 and my 53. I love my 33. I love my 53. But um, they have their their setbacks. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and, and, you know, I mean, in fairness, the, the psionics has, has it, too. Um, but it, I, I have a 33, and I have an, a 100. I think that's what I used uh, when I helped you guys at uh, OSR, but um, it, it's just um, it, it's almost like having um, like a like if you play golf, right? You pick the club that you need for the for the hole. You, you know what I mean? And it's the same thing with with those cameras. You know, you 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 pick the right one for the situation you're in. Um, 
I don't think there's any one shoe fits all. I love my Sony AXs, love them to death, and um, I also love that Psionics. So those are my th those are my three main ones. I went to the 53 from the 33. I love my 33. It's great. But uh, the one problem, one flaw I found with the 33 is sometimes it has a focus issue when you're in movement. Um, that the 53 seems to have just dropped. Um, so I have to constantly keep an eye on the camera when it's in movement because sometimes it'll just drop out of focus and it's it's a bear to refocus it unless you zoom it out or zoom it back in sometimes. <laughs> have you have you checked the, your firmware version on that? Not recently. No, I probably check, should, to be honest with you. Yeah, check the firmware because um, Sony's always releasing new firmware, and typically the firmware fixes the focus issues more more so than anything else. Cool. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, I, I, I uh, the tech end of that, the firmware, I usually don't update on all that stuff. I hate to say yeah. that, but. Uh, I, yeah, I like. It, it, I'm it, always concentrating on the best shot when I got the camera running. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a scary undertaking whenever you do firmware because you could you know you, you, there's always a fear of bricking something you know. Yeah. But um, I, I I've done it to all my uh, all my Sony's um, and uh, n no issues and I I definitely recommend doing it and you know I've done it Chris so if you want get a hold of me uh, on the side. Cool. Yeah, I'll be glad to do that. Um, and, and on a short note, guys, I am planning to put together some public investigations here in Ohio this summer next summer. I'd love to have you guys, if you have a chance, come up. Joe knows I do Ohio State Reformatory every year. I'm still working on that to try to get some good dates because we're going to probably put together a conference uh, with that as well so that we can get some kind of educational speaking between all the teams and do some other stuff. But, uh, um, I do that, Post Town Elementary. And there's a couple other places we're trying to get into this year. So I'd love to have you come up on one. Yeah. I mean, po po Post Town is definitely on my list. So, uh, you know, ping me. Absolutely. Well, I know we're getting down to the last 10 minutes of the show. It's been a wonderful conversation so far. But let's dive into uh, where these guys can find you if you want to uh, push a website or live events or where to find you and <laughs> – and and so forth because I know you guys got a lot of things going on individually and together so the listeners will definitely want to know where to find it. Denise, you first. Okay, thank you. All right, so uh, you can find me on Facebook under Halo Reading. You can my find my website is www.haloreading.com. Um, you can join my group, communicating with spirit, uh, and that's it. I'm on all social media under Halo Readings, and my YouTube channel is Denise Murray Psychic Media. Awesome. And, uh, so as far as getting a hold of myself, um, you can get a hold of me directly at www.paranormalnewengland.com. Go ahead, Glenn. Um, you can get a hold of me at... Uh, ParanormalDestination.com. I'm also on Facebook on Paranormal Destination Facebook page too, which actually is a really cool page to visit, guys. So make sure that you visit that. I've been on Paranormal Destination a couple of times. I tend to keep track of all the pages though, so uh, but uh, it's a great place to visit. So make sure that you do that. Outside of that, guys, I know that uh, we're in the last. Uh, 
probably about four or five minutes, and I always open this up before I give my ending statement. Is there something that you want to share with the audience that you want to give off that, hey, look, this is what I want to tell you about the paranormal world or the paranormal or so forth? I'm still looking for answers, like what's on the other side. Now, that's not fair because Denise knows. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, I, I know you know. There's no religion. There's no religion on the other side. There's all just love. So there's that. So I will look and we definitely up, don't die. For the longest <laughs> time, when I when I started doing this, I tried finding answers like, what do, when I go, where where am I going? What's happening? I wanted to talk to the well, I guess you could say the dead or the, the spirits, and find out from them. What goes on? We all have the answers. Like, we all want to know what happens afterwards. Yeah, I mean, as far as I, as, as I'm concerned, you know, I'm, I'm looking for answers. Uh, I'm approaching my 10th year doing this, and I have more questions than answers at this point. But my one advice for anybody looking to do it mm. is do it for the right reasons. And do be respectful. The, and be respectful, absolutely. Don't intimidate. Just because you see shows provoking doesn't mean you can do the same thing. It's not a good idea. I'm telling you right now. And I think, Chris, you being in this field for as long as I have, you could say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a time and place where you can push things, but there's a difference between pushing things politely and literally provoking a situation that you have no idea what you're talking to and what's going to respond back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 that that's a very important point to uh, put across to somebody, uh, especially uh, you know maybe uh, younger younger younger, uh, listeners, younger you know? listeners looking to get into this, you know. And the and also, I'll leave with. Don't believe everything you see on TV. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And well, I there you have it. Oh. In a nutshell, everybody, listeners, uh, don't believe what you see on TV. And I'll stand behind that 100%. Most people know that if you've listened to the show multiple times. Next week, just so that you're aware, if everything works well, we've got a wonderful author, uh, Frank Bennett, that will be joining us. He's still out on the road, so hopefully we can get those details. If not, he'll be seeing us in the next couple of weeks. You've been listening to Denise, Glenn, and Joe. Uh, and we've got a lot of wonderful things that have went on this um, this uh, show, actually. But I'm going to actually end the show now that we're down at the last few minutes with the same thing that I end every single week on. And that is, as you're learning in the paranormal, truth should always be that reality. It doesn't matter what background you came from. It doesn't matter how you came to this. You all came to it for specific reasons and specific searches. The only single way that we can get those answers is not only to work together so that we can understand each other, but to take the time to learn. As you're listening this evening, you've learned that we've got different classes of people that have been in it for different periods in time. And you've also learned that it's taken all of that time for most of us to stand down and say, I don't know. <laughs> so it's a learning experience from day one all the way in. That's going to be our show tonight. Obviously, I want to thank all of you for coming on and uh, tune in next week. Have a great evening and a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.